1: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Mm -hmm. Welcome in. Good day. Rob Black and your money. Talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Status quo. There wasn't a lot to be said for yesterday. Status quo. Um, Thanksgiving hangover? Uh, Thanksgiving nap? We'll have to wait to see what we wake up today and how we approach the markets. See if we can get some action going post-stupor, so to speak. It's end of the year. Probably sound like a little bit like a broken record, but there's not a lot going on here. Markets are up, but slightly. It's end of the year. I forgive you if you want to go skiing. I forgive you if you want to go on vacation. I forgive you if you want to take some time off from work. I forgive you if you want to sleep in. There's some cobwebs going on right now that it is what it is. We're looking at the new Fed chair nomination of Jerome Powell, who has plenty of gray hair. So he's been there. He's done it. He's put in his time. We know what to expect. He's been confirmed two or three times already for federal positions. So it's not a big shock. It's not a lot of drama. That's what I'm trying to say. So he released some prepared remarks, and the initial impression of those remarks is that ultimately Mr. Powell will represent a status quo transition. He is planning to start his Fed share position of power with a rock-the-boat stance, or let's end quantitative easing, or let's take back all the money we lent. <clears throat> He's going to be status quo. So there's not any drama on that front. A big topic of, on mind of the market participants is the fate of the Senate tax bill, um, of which I'm hearing Mr. Donald Trump is heading to Congress today to try to get some senators to who might be sitting on the fence to get off the fence. If the vote, which is expected to happen on Thursday, gets bumped next week, it could raise the stock market's angst level about the passage of it. Adobe's out there in the world of news today. Adobe Analytics reported that Cyber Monday sales increased 16.8% year-over-year. Ooh, nice. That's a hopeful indication of the holiday shopping season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, It could be very, very, very positive is the thought. So 16.8% year-over-year on Cyber Monday. Did you buy anything? I bought nothing, nothing. Um, I did buy the week of last week, but nothing crazy. So I look at my TV and I go, I could use three or four inches bigger. And then I go, eh, who cares? So it's not like I need reading glasses to see the TV, right? Amazon.com is in the news, obviously, because they have that play off that 16.8% Cyber Monday. Amazon shares are up 6.2% in the last four trading sessions, um, and they're higher today. Ultimately, Goldman Sachs has raised its price target on the stock to $1,450 uh, $1, from 1300 Buffalo Wild Wings in the news, and this is one of the headlines that kind of made me go, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, they're going to be acquired by Arby's Restaurant Group for approximately $2.9 billion, or $157 a share. That's a 33% premium from where they are now. Buffalo Wild Wings has had problems getting people to come into their restaurants recently. A lot going on there. Um, Applebee's, Buffalo Wild Wings, there's these kind of these restaurants that just are okay. Like, if... You're doing a road trip, and it's the only thing there. It's better than a subway. Um, And you're like, it's better than a subway. But it's not much better than a subway. And you're like, got it. Those restaurants are struggling right now to get the millennials to throw their money down. Retailers are upbeat today following reports of a good start to the holiday shopping season. That's out there and in the news. $6.6 billion spent On Cyber Cyber Monday, yeah. The Nintendo Switch was one of the top-selling items. Um, Apple AirPods, Google Chromecast, Funko Pop Dolls all did well. I've had the Apple AirPods, and I've had them for about a year now. Great product. Um... More devices like Google Chromecast Naroku, Roku, Samsung tablets, iPads, Playstations, VR. I heard VR, virtual reality systems, hit a 1 million unit shipping threshold. Hottest toys of the shopping season are PJ Masks. Hatchimals. Oh, that just sounds bad, right? Funko Pop dolls. LOL Surprise dolls. And some right on cars. Elsewhere in the world of news... Uh, home prices continue to climb in the United States. The S&P CoreLogic Shiller... I'm saying that wrong. Let me think about this. It's the S&P CoreLogic Case Shiller National no, Home Price Index. Why
0: do you say that?
1: Up 6.2% in September. Um, crazy. Fast annual rate increase since June 2014. Prices were lifted by low inventory of homes. We have a 3.8-month supply, as well as growing unemployment rate of 4.1%. And the average rate on a 30-year mortgage is still under 4%. Most economic indicators suggest that the home prices can see further gains. Um, home prices increased in all the cities tracked on the 20-city index, uh, which posted 6.2% year-over-year gain. Talking to some people... Um, over the holiday I visited a friend who they they spent some pretty good money on a vacation house a getaway house and I was trying not to be too nosy but I was being nosy and uh I was like how much you do you Airbnb this DVRBO be like and no, nope nope so it's just a getaway house yeah 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 and it's an hour away it's an opt- Aptos and uh Easily a $2 billion home that they put at least $500,000 in renovations for a away house. I'm like, whoa, it's good living if you can get it, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Airbnb now lets you split a vacation home with your friends. So it can be awkward to ask friends for money. So Airbnb will say, you want to get a home together with a group? You can all pay different separately if you want. 79% of American travelers have been on multiple group trips in the past five years. Of those who have traveled in a group, about 38% say they weren't paid back all the money that were owed to them. Airbnb said, okay, we got this. We'll figure this out. So what they decided to do was to figure out a system to let you invite friends and have them pay before they go on the trip. So it's a pretty good idea. It's not going to innovate the world. It's not going to change the world, but it's a pretty good idea. So um, and that may be one of the big problems with the Bay Area at this point in time is a lot of our innovation is it's not really innovation as much as it is like convenient. I'm Rob Black talking Money Investing and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
0: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
1: Good day some random headlines out there today. Buffalo Wild Wings jumping 6% plus as it looks like the owner of Arby's, a company called Rourke, agreed to acquire the stock for $157 a share in cash. I've been to one Buffalo Wild Wings while traveling. It is not the type of restaurant that's in my neighborhood. i in California. One of the things that I, I do like is that there's not a lot of chain restaurants in the bigger cities and the smaller cities you can find them. But lack of chain restaurants creates, in my opinion, some you know, unique culinary decisions. Whereas the Buffalo Wild Wings has been there, done that kind of thing. Yeah, they have the same menu across the country, and that works for them. That works for a lot of people, um, but they're being acquired. Emerson is up today after withdrawing its $225 per share bid for Rockwell Automation, citing the board's unwillingness to discuss a combination. So Rockwell Automation, back on the market, so to speak. Unilever is up today after it reaffirmed its full-year sales and confirmed its progress on its 2020 program at its annual investor days. Annual investor days are fun to watch. Um, You get a good feel for how companies are doing. A lot of insight, a lot of questions asked. So, United Health Group is down today after its full year forecast came in below expectations. I like United Health Group. Um, if we're going to play America's Getting Older and America's Getting Fatter and America's Getting More Healthcare, I like United Health Group for sure. Amazon, and for instance, um, I'm putting off an annual physical. I don't want to go. But uh, I was listening to a radio broadcast this morning where they were interviewing one guy who was 65 years old, and he takes 12 medications a day. 12 medications in one day. One of his medications is to help with another medication, and that's, that's why I like United Health Group. Is that's where we are in society at this point in time. Uh, um, one of his medications dries up his stool, so he has to take a stool softener. Um, ah, ah, ah. Uh, but that's every day, you know. Do you see why? I, like, very few people go from twelve medications to to six, to five, to four, to three, to two, to one. They go from twelve to thirteen, twelve to fourteen, twelve to fifteen. And again, I just see that as America. We're not going to get healthier. I think we're going to get sicker as a nation. Broadcom, 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 Broadcom is preparing a full slate of nominees to replace the entire board of directors for Qualcomm after Qualcomm two weeks ago rejected Broadcom's takeover offer. Um, Hostile takeover. (laughs) That's what we're talking about here. Um, So a lot of conversation on this. They're going after the entire board. They're going after a full slate of directors. So the push by Broadcom right now will target apparently the three directors put on by JANA uh, referring to JANA Partners which succeeded in getting three board members appointed two years ago after an activist campaign against Qualcomm Qualcomm has a ton of value and for the record I own shares of Qualcomm I bought it about three weeks ago at about $50 a share um, I just see a crazy amount of value and at this point in time Qualcomm's going to do something about it, or someone else is going to do something about it. Um, Qualcomm's trying to buy NXP, NXP semiconductor, Um, so Broadcom doesn't really want them to do that deal. So the question comes to, you know, will Qualcomm raise their bid for NXP semiconductor, or will Broadcom raise their bid for Qualcomm? This is a pretty dramatic story. So, as far as drama goes, save the drama for your mama. So, a lot going on there. 800.16 uh, 1220 each calls on the air. Uh, the movie theater sector is intriguing to me. You have a very poor summer box office, there are publicly traded companies. Um, are people showing a little bit of signs of life? Did you go see Coco over Thanksgiving? A lot of families saw Coco. The reviews were solid for a Pixar film, which the director of Pixar, John Lasseter, said he's going to take six months off because of inappropriate behavior. Um, Fascinating, right? The year of inappropriate behavior of men Um, or the year that it's been called out. The year people lost their jobs over it. So, taking a look at the movie theater sector, there's some interesting looking chart like Regal Entertainment uh, ticker symbol RGC. You could see that it's putting in a lot of work on a bottom around 14 to 16 dollars a share. Um, do you have enough belief in movie theaters? Because recently I went on I, I went to buy tickets and I was like, wow, you could reserve a seat now. They assigned seating. It's not exactly enforced, but there's a signed seating now. And you're like, whoa, um, is that a good idea? I think it is. So uh, Regal Entertainment is a play on movie theaters. Dun, 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 RGC. Um, then there's also IMAX. Take some IMAX, the entertainment technology, um, huge mega company. They've got... Um, Avatar two, Avatar three, Avatar four. They've got some big movies coming on IMAX. That I don't have to see a movie on IMAX. I'm not that much of a movie buff, for you. But they have a unique technology and a unique uh, way of selling it to the theaters. So take a look at IMAX. Take a look at AMC Entertainment. You'll see that all three of these stocks have put in a lot of work trying to find debut a, a W-shaped bottom, technically. That means it goes lower. It holds. It goes a little bit higher. It decides it can't move any higher, so it goes lower again, but it holds that same area where it fell before, <clears throat> i.e. it's not bringing in new sellers. People aren't saying, you know, I want out on top of everyone else. They're saying, eh, we're good at these price levels. So, uh, take a look at the movie theater sector if you are so intrigued. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You're going to hear a lot more in the next couple of months about smart funds. Um, what is a smart fund? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? I would just be cautious with how you spend your money um, when it comes to investments. And don't get too caught up in a pretty well-marketed idea, a smart fund who doesn't want a smart fund right um, so be kind of cautious on that so um, investment's not special it it you don't need proper statistical analysis you can make mistakes you don't need a quote unquote smart fund so be careful because I'm seeing more and more marketing materials go out on those funds so I'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money invested in more. This segment usually is my favorite segment of the week. Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com comes on. Missed him the last couple of weeks due to the holidays. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
2: Hey, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. Good to be back with you.
1: Uh into the year push. Are you ready for it? I think so. So um, I've seen that the Cyber Monday was the best ever. The retailers are seeming to do well. The economy is in good shape. People have jobs. Um any thoughts on the, that idea
2: well yeah I mean we 've seen certainly in you know recent GDP data that you know, the economy is doing okay uh, you 're seeing a, um, a commensurate pickup with uh, between both consumer spending and and business spending, which uh, is nice to see because that 's a combination that has been been lacking in these uh, quarters of, you know, subpar 2% growth. So we are seeing some improvement there, which is a good thing. Uh, the, you know, early reports as they relate to uh, early shopping and the holiday selling season have been upbeat. You're seeing some, some pretty good size year-over-year growth, obviously online and, uh, you know, that's probably to be expected, though. I don't know if that's an entirely surprise. It's just that you have, uh, you know, more people accustomed to using their smartphones uh, to make purchases online. They're feeling more secure in that effort, and they, they like the process because it's convenient. And certainly um, retailers have instituted some pretty friendly return policies as well, which has helped facilitate the uh, the increased growth in online sales. So things seem to be going okay. And uh you know, and layered against that you you obviously have uh, the the tax reform plan trying to make its way through um, through Congress right now, and so there's an underlying expectation that some okay growth could turn into some pretty good growth if you get uh, the cut in the individual and corporate tax rates that this market thinks is coming
1: what's your instinct or what's your knowledge base tell you about the tax reform? Will it get done? will it not
2: uh, I think it will get done um i'd I'd be surprised though if it was a you know a a a straightforward you know pass the bill in the house pass the bill in the senate reconcile the two without any problems um you know i think that you're probably going to see a little bit of the sausage getting made here in, in the next several weeks but i do feel that the gop uh recognizes that if they fail to deliver on this they really set themselves up for a lot of um, defeats, I think, in those midterm elections in 2018. And so they're going to be cognizant of that, and they're going to want to you know, have some type of plan that they can say has delivered for the uh, American taxpayer, the American voter, uh, so that they can uh, retain their um, majority in, in both houses of Congress.
1: 2018, um, is that the year that the economy starts to slide? Any predictions, any thoughts? Can I get you on record?
2: Yeah, well, you know, it sure is interesting, right, because we've been talking for so long about how the economy hasn't been doing so great, right? And then the last two quarters, we've seen 3% GDP growth. And now uh, I think your question hits the nail on the head. Everyone's sitting here thinking, well, now does the economy roll over in 2018, Uh, which which is striking, though, you know, when you think about uh, what we've got, Uh, Going on, we've been um, stuck for so long, like I said, in a period where you haven't had a lot of uh, strong business investment, and therefore you've had some some subpar GDP growth. But, uh, you know, if there's some incentives within this tax reform bill that uh, should help spur capital investment, uh, and that should help drive you know, stronger levels of spending activity on the business side of things in 2018. And of course, if you see individuals uh, get that tax cut, they should have uh, more discretionary spending potential. So you should see a pickup in consumer spending activity in 2018. And, and if those two come together in that fashion, well, then, yes, you should see better economic growth throughout 2018. But, you know, one of the sticking points for a number of market participants is what they're seeing take place in the Treasury market and the flattening of the yield curve there, where you've got short-term rates moving up. Uh, to reflect the expectation that the Federal Reserve is going to be raising interest rates again. Uh, And then the back end of the curve, which continues to move down, uh, the the benchmark 10-year note yield continues to move lower in spite of this reflation optimism that's driven the stock market uh, to record highs. It's a very perplexing and, and baffling development. And the question is, is it a function of interest rate differentials, really, that's driving the back end down? Or is it truly, uh, uh, you know, a latent concern about slower economic growth in coming months? And, uh, you know, in answer to that latter question, we think that uh, uh, what could also be wrapped up in that is the fear that the Federal Reserve could be on course for making a policy mistake by raising rates too soon uh, and choking off what is starting to become uh, an encouraging recovery effort uh, and getting back to 3% GDP growth.
1: I find the Federal Reserve to me to be very interesting, but it's tough to explain to people why I find it interesting. But it seems like they've had this mandate that really helps the stock market in the last 20 years of keeping interest rates low, corporate borrowing low, uh, mortgage rates low. It almost seems like it would be Counterproductive for their their image to raise interest rates is, is do you see anything that I'm trying to piece together here it's it's almost like we've got a, a friendly fed forever.
2: Uh they, they, you know, relative to their mandate, if that's what, you know, they're going to work off of, you know, maximum employment and price stability, which for them is this symmetric, um, you know, inflation target of 2%, you know, if they can maintain those those two, you know, that relationship, then... Uh, you know, then the Fed is your friend, right? They will not need to be in a position of having to aggressively raise interest rates. The problem for the Federal Reserve and where it gets its bad reputation is that when you see uh, economic recessions in the United States, it it often follows a period in which, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates. And the Federal Reserve does that uh, as it tries to address fulfilling that dual mandate from Congress to, you know, maintain price pick up uh, on a sustained basis well above that 2% target, you know, the Fed will be more aggressive and then you will likely see higher interest rates, which then leads to a slowdown in uh, borrowing activity uh, as well as spending activity. And uh, and then you could ultimately see, um, you know, a recession, you know, on the other side of a Fed tightening cycle. and and uh, And that's part of the reason why, even though the Fed has certainly, you know, been a friend to this market uh, since 2009, of course, uh, it, it, it's starting to you know, hit a lot of people's radar screen as, as a potential adversary in 2018 if it, if it continues to stick to its uh, sense that it needs to be somewhat preemptive and, and raise interest rates still, even though the Fed continues to see low inflation readings.
1: So one of the tweets this morning, well not one of the tweets, excuse me, one of the posts this morning on briefing dot com around six in the morning was tied towards Donald Trump, and him tweeting about making a deal with the Democrats on the budget. Uh, do we have anything to worry about with the budget? Um, I, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm trying to stay interested in the stock market right now. It's been such a good year, and it's moving towards the holidays. I'm trying to find things to fear.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it, the, the whole budget issue is, is always, uh, you know, one of those issues that seems to be up in the air. It's an 11th-hour-type solution all the time, it seems, right? And then what's really complicating right. now is that you're also trying to get this tax reform bill passed at a time when you have to work out a, a budget agreement to keep the government operating. Uh, you know, the whole government shutdown issue and, and the threat of one, uh, hasn't bothered this market, certainly. Uh, you know, we're sitting here at record highs, and and we come back again to the Federal Reserve, which, uh, as long as that monetary policy has been accommodative, uh, the stock market continues to believe that, you know, worst-case scenarios will be avoided. And even if you get to a shutdown um, position here, I mean, the government has to function. So eventually there's going to be some compromise worked out, and, and you get the government reopened. And so I don't think the stock market looks at that as a potential, uh, you know, real risk of anything that's you know beyond short term and duration here and so so the market continues to believe uh, has this abiding hope that the uh, the that it will get this tax reform effort passed, and that's sort of overshadowing any other negative considerations at this point. But you have a market that's trading at a stretched valuation, so that's not to say that if you run into some problems here and the the government can't reach a budget by the December 8th deadline uh, that you don't see some short-term disruption in the stock market. But ultimately, I think it's it's one of those literally a short-term matter, and something gets worked out and the market moves on, ahead confident that it's going to see that tax reform uh, carry the day
1: we only have about a minute left but you're a parent i'm a parent um, i'm enjoying the current stock market i've created a lot of wealth for my family having conversations though with people i'm like i don't know if my kids will ever be able to afford a home like home prices rose another 6.2 percent in september how worried are you about the future because i'm worried about it but i'm enjoying the, the current situation enormously
2: I am worried about it. You know, certainly I, I live in the suburb of Chicago, but I work in the city of Chicago. And of course, I think a lot of people understand that the state of Illinois is a mess fiscally, and the city of Chicago is as well. And uh, and you can only address those problems by you know raising taxes and or cutting spending. And right. that's going to be a burden for you know future generations. And as you allude to, uh, they also have the higher 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 housing costs. You know, many have higher student loan burdens. Uh, so there's a lot on their on their table here. And now we're going to potentially implement a tax reform plan that could possibly add to the deficit, uh, which will then, again, uh, you know, there'll be some payback down the road for future generations. So, so I'm concerned about that, Thanks. you know, that their standard of living won't be what ours is. Um, Patrick but,
1: O'Hare with Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. I always want to thank briefing.com, and I ran out of time on that interview. It's a, My interviews are very hard-timed, um, so there's no going against it. And I said, Pat, we only have a minute. What are your thoughts about the future? And he went about a minute and five seconds. So sorry that I uh, blew that one, so to speak. Anyhow, U.S. home prices increase. Uh, U.S. home prices increase is accelerating. And I own homes, so I'm comfortable, like, yay, I'm a winner. But I do have questions about what's that look like for other people. Um, And I am worried about the future on very many levels, Um, that being a a direct one that's upsetting to me. Um, What will our children be able to afford, and where will they have to work? And I've got a neighbor who just came back from Thanksgiving break from college, Uh, Good kid, good smart kid, and I'm like he'll be okay, um, but he's also going into aeronautical engineering, so he wants to build you know engines that can get us off the planet he'll be okay. I don't know so much that you know an English teacher in fourth grade or I don't know a fourth grade teacher or an English teacher in eleventh grade I don't know how they're going to do it i don't I, Plexed by that, so um, and again, you know, my kids will inherit well, so they'll be fine. And I guess a lot of people will inherit well, um, hopefully. But that's where I get nervous when I see things like Ferraris being driven around. Let's talk to uh, CFP Chad Burton. He does a show this uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays on the station from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. New Focus on Wealth. Let's bring in Chad right now from a clip from this morning
0: where he's talking about retirement issues tied towards Roths. Chad? You really need to make sure you have plenty of cash outside your IRAs. Because if you're going to take, let's say you have a really large IRA and you determine that, okay, I can convert 20000 of this to my Roth and not go into the next marginal tax bracket. You can move 20000 from your IRA to a Roth IRA account. There's no income limits to do that. You just have to pay the taxes and the cash has to come from outside of your IRA. You can't do it. It's not going to work if you need cash inside the IRA to pay the taxes. So you have to have plenty of cash and assets outside of your IRA account. Now, again, why would you do this? Why would you convert IRA money to a Roth and pay taxes now? Why would you pay Uncle Sam early? Well, when you do your long-term cash flow projections and your tax projections, you can see that you're always going to be at this tax bracket or potentially higher. When would you be potentially higher? Well, at age 70 and a half, you're forced to take a certain money, amount of money out of your IRAs and 401ks. Even if you don't want to, you have to. And oftentimes, if people look forward on their tax return in retirement, they realize that, wow, that's going to increase my taxable income by quite a bit, especially in my 80s, and my taxes are going to go up. So why not take some of that money out now, pay taxes on it, and put it into an account that grows tax-free for the rest of your life. And again, IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, those have required minimum distributions. We have to take some money out after age 70 and a half. Roth IRAs do not. You don't have to take a certain amount out each year. And what's great about it is it's nice to have diversification tax-wise on your accounts. You have your taxable accounts you have your retirement accounts, which are typically have not been taxed, and then you have your tax-free accounts. And you go through your life in retirement, and there's periods where you need large lump sums for things like remodeling your home, home maintenance, buying a new car, which you tend to need to do every 10 years at least, if not more. And when you have to do that out of an IRA, you have to take so much money out in order to pay the taxes and have enough left over to to do your project or buy your car, that it's nice to have a Roth IRA where you can realize that if you need some sort of a major lump sum for an issue, you have an account that you can do that tax-free out of. But it's also the best asset that you can give a child or a grandchild. Let's say you want to target your grandkids for a gift. If you name your grandkid as the beneficiary On your Roth IRA, they can roll it into an inherited Roth IRA when you die and continue tax-free growth and income over their lifetime. That's a great asset because you can give them a tax-free asset that you can say, okay, need to pull a lump sum to go to college? Go for it. It's totally tax-free. need to pull out a lump sum to buy your first home? Go for it. Totally tax-free. That's a great account to give somebody. So, conversion should be part of everybody's checklist as you go through your year end planning. If you think about converting, you have until the end of the year to do it for 2017. Now, guess what? If you're wrong and it's not a good thing for you to do, as of right now, you have until October of 2018 to change your mind and recharacterize what you've done so you can actually change your mind. And the other way to do it, let's say you recharacterize or you convert some, you know, $50,000, let's say from an IRA to a Roth, you convert it now. And then all of a sudden mid year, your, the stock market tanks, like it did no eight, no nine. And it's worth way less than that. You can recharacterize that, change your mind, get rid of the tax bill and then redo it at a much lower stock market rate. Now, I will say that under the proposed tax changes, they've talked about pulling that recharacterization ability out of the tax plan. Um, So, keep an eye on that. The other thing that I'll do is that, let's say you have an IRA and you've got half in stocks, half in bonds, and you're converting a portion of it. Keep them in separate accounts. Convert to multiple accounts. Take your stock conversion into one Roth account, take your bond conversion into another. That way, if one or the other does poorly, you can just recharacterize that account that's done poorly before October of next year.